It's well known that the name of Evi Sedra expresses the theme of that Sedra. So therefore in the in we have a Yakal Pakudi, the two sedras together, but each name pertains to a specific sedra, so the names must reflect what is contained in that sedra. But we find that it's the opposite. The names of each one of these sedras seem to e- express the opposite of what that sedra expresses. The name Vayakel means that individual details are brought together to create a new identity of a group. Vayakel means to gather together, not just to bring together a whole bunch of different uh, entities which remain separate, but rather makes them into a kohol, into a new community, a separate community, a whole community. On the other hand, pekude, which means to count, which means that you give importance to the identity of each thing separately. That's why each one is counted separately. So according to this definition of Vayakal and pekude, we have to understand, we look at the Parsha Vayakal, and it talks about the details, how each individual component of the Mishkan was made. The boards, the coverings, the kalim, the different furnishings, the menorah, the, the, the shulchan, and so on. It describes the details of the Mishkan. What does Pekudeh talk about? That when everything was finished, they brought the entire thing to Moshe Rabbeinu. And then they put it all together and made one big entity out of it, which was the Mishkan that created the, the entity called the Mishkan. So, in other words, that each parsha is describing the opposite of what its name describes. In the Vayakel, which means to gather it all together, to make it all into one entity, it talks about the details of the Mishkan. In Pekude, which talks about the details and how each thing is recognized separately, it talks about how it was all to br- brought together to make one entity, the Mishkan. So to understand this, let's look at what the Rambam says when he explains, when he describes the mitzvah of building the Beis Amigdash. He says, see, he says it in the Sefer HaMitzvah, he commanded us to build the Beis Abchira, the chosen house, the chosen home, the Beis Amigdash, to uh, do the Avaida there, to do the service of Hashem there. In it will be the bringing of the karbonus and the lighting of the menorah and so on. And that's what he said. That's what it means when it says, "And they shall make for me a mikdash." Then he goes on to say, "This is the mikdash. Is the uh, this mikdash includes within it many details, which are the menorah, the shulchan, the mizbeach, as well as others." They are all part of the Mishkan and everything together, all these components together are called the Mikdash. And then he continues to say, and he already told us the details of each component of that Mikdash. Which means he described to us all how to make the Menorah, how to make the Shulchan and so on. So we have to understand about this. Since the Rambam already said that all of these Kalim are part of the Mikdash, and all together they are called the Mikdash. So then why does he conclude by, by saying that Hashem already in, it, de, described to us the details of each component? He seems to be going in the other direction. First he says how all these details make up the one entity of the Mikdash. And then he goes on to say 
how Hashem described each individual detail separately, which is talking about the individual details, not about the general mikdash. Um, so then why does the Rambam continue this? What is he trying to accomplish by adding those few words? So exp- to explain this, we first have to explain there are diff- a few different ways in which we can see the relationship between a klal, the general entity of, which is made up of many components, and what its relationship is with those components. There are three ways to look at it. Way, one way is, each one of the details which makes up an, a larger entity, each detail is not to be seen as a separate identity and a separate entity unto itself. They are merely part of the bigger entity of which they are a part of. A second way to look at it is, the details are also important. They each retain their own identity as well. But when they are brought together, they create a new identity, which is the bigger identity, the cloud, whatever it is that they come together to create this new identity. So each individual is seen as a separate identity. When they come together, they create a new identity, which is the bigger uh, entity that they are creating, the cloud. An example of this would be, for instance, that... Uh, when you bring together a minion of ten yidin in order to be able to say a davashabikdusha like Kaddish or Barhu and Ktusha, so each individual yid has his own Ktusha. However, when you bring together ten yidin, so the Ktusha is such an intense level of Ktusha, a new idea of Ktusha, a higher level of Ktusha, and therefore you can now say those things of Ktusha which need a minion. But each, ident- each individual Yid also has his own identity, and, but when they're together, they create a greater identity. A third way of looking at it is, when all the components are separate from each other, they don't have the importance of their own identity. But then when they're brought together and they create this greater, great identity which they are a part of, they also become important as individual identities. Originally, they had no importance because they weren't part of the greater, greater entity. But once they become a, to come together and they create this greater entity, they too become elevated in their own individual identity. For instance, when they were creating the Beis Hamikdash, so they had the space, the area that was going to be the Chatzar, the courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash. They had the area that was being built, that was going to be the Oil Moed, or the, uh, the outer room in which the Menorah and so on were. And then there was the Kedush HaKadosh. But before they had yet completed the Beis Hamikdash in, it, in its entirety, none of those areas had any importance. They didn't have Kedusha yet, as the courtyard of the Beis Hamikdash, or the Kedush HaGadoshim of the Beis Hamikdash, because they were merely details which not, had not yet been brought together into the greater entity of the Beis Hamikdash. But once they, all of it was brought together and the Beis Hamikdash was created as a whole, now the Chatzar has its own identity with its own level of holiness. The Kedush HaGadoshim certainly has its own identity with its own level of holiness. So after the greater picture is created, 
each one becomes important as an, as an entity unto itself the individuals as well the same could be said also the same three ways we can see the kalim, the components of the mishkan when they were being created, fashioned before there was, they were merely a they were there in order to complete the structure of the mishkan that's what they are they're not to be seen as separate identities each one of these components the kalim, the walls, the coverings they all make up a mishkan that's one way of looking at it another way of looking at it is that when they were making the menorah the menorah had its own identity as a menorah it's important in and of itself but when they are brought together they create a greater entity which is the completed mishkan but each one individually even before had its importance as a menorah and so on with all the other components a third way of looking at it is when they were making the menorah or the shulchan they didn't have any importance yet in the terms of holiness that they represent but once they were brought into the mishkan and the whole mishkan was created out of all of these components and there became this holy place called the mishkan the menorah has its own identity within that structure of holiness as well what's the difference how we look at it there could be a difference in Allah as well we know that all the, the building of the mishkan with all of its components has to be done lishma for the sake of being a part of the uh, for the sake of what it is being made for the question is what is it being made for in the first way we look at it the only intent that you have to have when you're making the menorah let's say is we are creating a component of the mishkan it's not important what that component is we are creating a component of the mishkan that's the only intent you need according to the second uh, way where, we, where the identity of the menorah is at the time of when it's being created it also has its own identity so you have to be creating the menorah for the sake of the menorah, you're creating a menorah for the purpose of creating a menorah for the mishkan according to the third way you have to have both components in mind, both parts of it you're creating a part of the mishkan but the part of the Mishkan that you're creating is the Menorah that is going to be a part of the Mishkan. You have to have both of these machshavas, both of these intents in mind. Which explains why the Rambam, after he had ex- described already how the, that the Mishkan, it's all, all of these details make up the Mishkan, he goes on to add that he commanded us to create each one of these components separately because he's trying to say that it's not enough to have in mind merely that all of these kalim are part of the mishkan and therefore the only intent is the mishkan you have to have in mind also each individual component as it is a part of the greater mishkan in other words he holds that both of these is true it has its own identity after it has become part of the mishkan and now we can understand what Vayakel and Pekude, how they, they fit into how they describe what is happening in their Parsha. While the Parsha describes the details, the individual details of how it, to make, create a Mishkan, but it all has to have at the same time Vayakel, they have to be seen as a component of the Mishkan, even as we create 
each part of the Mishkan, they all have to be seen as the part that they are a chilek of the bigger picture, the bigger entity, which is the Mishkan. It's all brought together under the rubric of this is a part of the Mishkan. At the same time, when Pekude comes along and it describes how all of it is being brought together into one big entity, we have to pay attention to the fact that each component of it has its own individual identity. Pekude, each one is counted separately, each one is understood separately, even as they are brought together into the one greater entity, which, which is the Mishkan. This same difference can also be understood within the Jewish community. On the one hand, we say that the whole Jewish community is we are all one big structure, we're all one big community, and that we all make up one big structure. On the other hand, we say that every Yid has to say, the entire world was created for me which means all other Yidin were created for me. Even as I am part of Klal Yisrael, it's all about me. So here is the two divergent ideas coming together as well within the Jewish community. And although it may seem contradictory that if you focus on community, then it diminishes the individual. If you focus on the individual, it takes away from being part of the community. But that's only because when you look at, when you look at things as they come, as they evolve into the world around us, into the reality of the world. But in their essence, because Yidin are connected to Hashem, integrally connected to Hashem, we are a chelik of Hashem. And since within Hashem, the fact that there are many details, multitudes, millions or billions of details in the world, doesn't in any way diminish the fact that He is absolute perfect unity. In fact, philosophically speaking we say that the fact that Hashem is absolute perfect unity that's why it allows for so many such multitudes of details it's because of his absolute perfection and unity that's why it can allow for so many details in other words the fact that there are so many details is a proof that he's absolute unity that's why by the Yidden it's true too that it may seem that being an individual within the greater community is somehow contradictory. But because the, commu- the, the community is, such, uh, is united around the fact that we are a chelika we are all one, because our essence is one, that's why it can allow for all of these divergent individuals and how each one is important unto himself. And just as we find it in Hashem, and therefore also in the Yidden, we also find the same thing in the Torah, in the Sefer Torah. Because uh, could, uh, the Yidden and Hashem and the Torah are all one. Where do we see it in the Sefer Torah? The Sefer Torah is made up of hundreds of thousands of individual letters. And all of them together make up the Sefer Torah, one entity of the Sefer Torah. On the other hand, <coughs> each one of them has to be there in order to create the whole but each one has to be recognized individually there's a halacha that a sevater or a tefillin mezuzah each one has each letter has to be completely surrounded by empty space if two letters are touching which means there's a letter which two letters which are not completely surrounded by empty space it's possible 
In other words, that each letter has to be seen as an entity unto itself, even as it makes up the entire Sevetayra. The Hebrew word for this is Mukav Gvil. Every letter has to be surrounded by parchment, meaning that there has to be blank space. Two letters cannot be touching. The Rebbe concludes the Sicha with also calling our attention to the fact that at that time especially there was a, uh, a campaign that all Yidin should buy, uh, purchase a letter, acquire a letter to be part of the Sevetayra Akloli, those Tevetayras which were written to bring together all Yidin so that every Yid, individual Yid has to have a letter in each one of, in a Sevetayra like that so that it can be part of the Klal as an individual having his own letter in that Klal.